I am Allison Lee, and this is CraftCast. And on today's show, I'll be talking with Ms. Holly Becker, the artistic genius behind that wonderful blog, Decorate, as well as some other news here in the CraftCast studio. So let's get started. Show number 156. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh-oh. I'm gonna dig within myself, uh-oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CraftCast studio. Uh, First off, a big thank you to all of you who uh, uh, purchased a recording during the Memorial Day 30% off, the weekend special. Uh, I think a lot of you thought, just as I did, why not spend some time in the studio and learn something new? (laughs) Uh, That's how the idea for that sale started, because I did the same thing. So I'd love to see what all of you made. Uh, It was you bought... Um, classes across the board. So I know there's a lot of fun crafting going on out there. So glad you all enjoyed those. Uh, as well as uh, I want to give a big shout out. Thank you to everyone who emailed me about last week's show with Mr. Bruce Baker. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, uh, make sure you do. Mr. Baker has lots of wonderful, uh, you know, I, I can't even call them tips and tricks. He knows the information about how to uh, market your art, uh, how to display it, uh, who sells, what doesn't sell. Anyway, he shared a lot of information with that. So you can always go over to www.craftcast.com or onto the iTunes page, the one that's for Craftcast and iTunes, and listen to that. As well as I'd all, I'd like to all um, ask all of you who listen through iTunes a big favor uh, and a big thank you to all of you who've been doing that for me. Uh, if you can all leave a comment over on the, um, don't leave a bad comment, leave a nice comment. <laughs> which you all do. So, uh, but leave a comment on the iTunes page for Craftcast. Uh, a big thank you up front for that. So you can find it when you go to iTunes and sort of click the Craftcast logo and look down and you'll see there's a place where you can leave your comment. So thank you so much for all of that. All right. So onward to today's show. Great guests coming up. Uh, but before I start talking about today's guest, we'll work right into that. I have two books I wanted to just talk to you about. Uh, the first one is an oldie but goodie. And I am so enjoying it. I always have to share it with you guys. This is a book by Napoleon Hill. He was born in 1883. I love this. Uh, they credit him as the founder of the science of success. And his book, Think and Grow Rich, treat yourself. I, I, I think it was either 99 cents or free on my uh, e, uh, ebook download. So check it out. Um, I, I have to tell you, I'm not a big fan of the title, Think and Grow Rich, because it sounds like a uh, snake oil kind of book. <laughs> uh, and it is so not that. It is so packed with uh, great ways of thinking. It is about your thought process. Uh, 
uh, here's one quote, and but there, it's endless. It's endless in there. Every page is filled. I want to highlight them all. But you, know, one of the things, uh, hold a picture of yourself long and steadily enough in your mind's eye, and you will be drawn toward it. He, he was saying this stuff way before things like the secret came out and all of that. So, uh, it's it's just that's not even fair to just read that one quote. I'm just telling you, read the friggin' book. <laughs> If you like me, you like what I talk about, you're going to love the book. Just treat yourself. Do it. You can even get it for free. So, uh, And then send me an email. I want to know what you thought. So I think it's just chock-a-block full of how to move forward in your life. Okay, so the second book. Second book is called, what do you know? Decorate, because it's written by today's guest. Uh, I got this book in the mail. Again, it was one of those ones where I know when I carry it around with me from room to room, because I want to keep, uh, as soon as I have a moment, looking through it. This fell under that category. Uh, Holly Becker, uh, who you're going to find out all about in the interview today, she has a blog, Decorate, D-E-C-O-R-8, the number eight, uh, dot blog, dot com. Uh, I've been following her for years. And just, you know, all that great stuff, how to change your home, things that are out there, how to decorate, just great ideas. And her new book is, you know, it's fabulous. What can I tell you? Uh, And I recommend books like this that have inspiration because even if it's inspiring me and, and, or anyone, because it's pictures of your home, it still inspires me for other things, uh, colors, textures, uh, that I'll use in, in my metalworking and my jewelry making. So, uh, it is a lovely, eclectic, juicy filled book, uh, with so many wonderful ideas and color patterns. Uh, it's just, you know, you'll love it. I'm, I'm giving you two goodies this week. I'm telling you, go get Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich and then Holly's Decorate book. You'll be happy. Just saying. <sighs> so there we go. Little book review. So now about today's guest. So I just told you before, uh, Holly has that great blog, decorate.com. And uh, it's just, you know, constantly feeding us information with what is new and fresh and happening in all of the color palette world, the decorating world. And you know what I love about Holly? She is freaking passionate about what she does. And those are the kind of people uh, we love to hang out with here in the Craftcast studio. So I know you're going to enjoy listening to what she has to say. Plus, she's going to give, she has her whole schedule coming up of where you can meet her and get a book signed. I'll be there, just saying. I'm going to be at one of those. Uh, so, but before we get to Holly, I have a great piece of music for you today by Ms. Jill Stevenson. It's called Breathe. <laughs> yes, appropriate for me. So enjoy and come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Holly Becker. touch you I feel like I just want to dive in but now I'm finally understanding it's just skin your kiss is fire mixed with freedom a recipe for a fool like me Really, I'm kissing a human with just breathe. 
Personally, excited today, like I always get, uh, talking to my guest, Ms. Holly Becker. A lot of you know her. She's the founder of that popular blog, Decorate. We love that one. She's also a columnist for RealSimple.com. She's living over in Germany, but what I love is also her new book that I just saw. Um, I'm going to read a little something about it. It focuses on ideas instead of one particular style, which is true, with thousands of ways to transform your home. I loved it. Holly, thanks for coming on and chatting with me. 
Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So now tell everyone what your background is. Okay, so you want the quick and dirty? The quick or? and dirty, like, because, okay. you know, you don't get to put a book out like that without some background in styling and home and all of that type of thing, photos. Yeah. Okay, and okay, great. So, well, what happened was I was working in the corporate world, primarily in human resources, for about 10 years. Um, I started in at very junior level as an executive assistant, and then I went up to HR project manager, so my professional background is mostly employee relations, training, facilities, and project management. And I was able to work on projects where I manage large-scale employee moves both in and out of state. So I work with architects and interior designers on lots of projects. Mm -hmm. And I always found those projects the most appealing, the most interesting part of my job. And I was constantly running around with floor plans and employees always referred to me as the space queen because mm. I, was the, I was the woman who was responsible for over 500 employees. So it was really an interesting role. But as I was doing it over you know, a span of eight or nine years, I started thinking this really isn't where I want to go in my future. And I actually wanted to tap back into my creativity and the things that I loved doing as a child, which had always been writing and decorating. I used to make books on my floor as a little child. I didn't like the books my mother always bought me, so I would put a spin on the stories and rewrite them myself and illustrate them. And I had book signings in my bedroom, so I had bears and dolls all lined up, and I would write the same book 10 times and then sign each one and give them to my dolls and bears. Okay, I adore this. I love when people find that thing from when they're, you know, like it's the six through eight where your life's work is already displayed to you. Oh, it's so true, right? And uh -huh. so I was doing all this, this little Holly Becker publisher in my room, and I also was decorating. My mother said she never knew where the sofa would be when she came home at night because I was always moving the furniture around, and I'd love to take her pictures off the wall and put them on other walls. And it was just like kind of this thing. It was this inherent part of who I was and what I loved to do. But now what did it, what was it giving you? Okay, so clearly, you know, and I love this when the passion comes up like that early, but what was it giving you that you felt, like what was it that you were feeling when you do that? Because yeah, I was doing recording and ham radio equipment. I was not thinking about moving pictures. So what was the high that you got from that, that you kept going and doing it? Like what was going on? I, in your I loved creating. I think that's really what it was. I've always been extremely imaginative and I love to create the things that I see in my mind. So when I was experimenting with, you know, our house right. <laughs> and moving things around and playing around and doing all that and also just writing my own little books and doing things in my room. And I also hated homework. So the only way I could do my homework was to come home every night and teach it to my students, which were all the stuffed animals lined up on my bed. Oh, Each student God. had a name tag on. <laughs> and I would do a roll call every night and I would teach them my homework because I hated homework. So it's like I always had this kind of weird approach to things, this little bit of a diff quirky approach to things. I love and it. It just continued with me in my life. And when I was in the corporate world, I mean, that quirkiness kind of can't shine through because there's so many rules and layers that you right. have to work through. Right. And I just increasingly grew frustrated at that job. And to circle back, what I ended up doing is I thought, well, let me just enroll in interior design um, school and take a certificate program in interior design. It was a two-year program. Let me just jump in and do that while I'm working so I can fuel my creativity at night and on the weekends while working full-time, and I kind of was building an exit strategy to get out of that job. Right. 
But the interesting thing is, is that once I started doing design, I kind of got a really puffed up chest and I thought, hey, you know, I know I've only been in school for six months, but let me just start taking clients. So I put ads out on Craigslist and immediately got interest and I started working with clients six months into school. And then I just started growing my business and bang, it just happened. And I got out of my corporate job, I resigned and um, moved right into decorating for a living and then I started my blog so that's how it all sort of happened but it's so you know it's easy it's sounding when you look back on it because you were so driven that way but do you remember your first job when you just said now I want a job and you just did you approach someone did they approach you how did the first job go Oh, well, I put an ad on Craigslist, and this amazing woman from Chicago had just relocated to Boston. She had an apartment in the Back Bay, and she was really, like, really nice and interesting woman, and she invited me down for a consultation, and I remember sitting in her living room doing my first official consult and sort of drawing from all the things that I learned in school right. and applying them on the job, but then at some point, I just said, screw it. Like, I, I know I learned this stuff in school, but... I want to go off the track and sort of ask more questions and get even more involved in this client than even what school was telling me to do, what my teachers were telling me to do. Right. So I was relationship building, I was working with people and getting to know them really well and then when I was designing their homes, I think that they were really amazed at the end because they could see their personalities in their home and right. not mine. That's, and that's key. Really what right. I wanted. Yeah. Right. That's so they huge. Were, Exactly, because they were always saying, like, well, why don't you just um, make your home how you see it? And then I would say, okay, well, this is going to be a process. Right, right, right. <laughs> this isn't how it should be. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people have that, um, I'm, I know you run into it, the, um, the line of, I can't visualize. Yes. And then yes, you're like, so uh -oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then you have to really sort of work around that sort of thing. Now, all right, so now we have the Internet and blogs are starting. And did you say, this is perfect, I'm going to start Decor 8 and it's going to be my what? How did that take place? Okay, well, that all kind of happened because what was going on at the time was I was working with clients. I had already resigned from my job. And I realized, you know what, I'm not going to make enough money to cover myself <laughs> after making so much money in the corporate world right. and then just right. working one-on-one -on -one with clients. That's right. like, you know, 75% pay decrease. It was crazy. So I said, well, how in the world am I going to supplement my income? Right. And then I thought, well, hey, I love to write. I've been writing in the corporate world for 10 years. I used to do a big newsletter that was read by thousands of people in my company. Why don't I just start writing and work for magazines and do some, you know, freelance work for design magazines? Right. And then I'm sort of tying it all together. So what happened was I was at a work, writing work, workshop one night in Boston, and so funny, right, because I almost missed this class. I, I was just going to say, I know this is going to be a wonder, ha-ha coincidence, how this all happened. Let's hear. Oh, totally. <laughs> it, so it was one of those moments where I almost ditched the class, and mm -hmm. my friend said, no, you're going to this class. I went. I was late. I sat there, sort of, you know, that feeling where you really don't want to be yeah. there. And then all of a sudden, half hour in, the lecturer said, um, if you're not on the Internet these days, you don't exist. And I thought, oh, my God, that's my problem. I mean, here I am trying to build my design, 
you know, business mm-hmm. and also maybe work for some magazines, but I'm not even on the internet. What's my problem? Mm-hmm. It was already January of 2006. And oh, Lordy blogs were, yeah. Yeah. And blogs weren't really going anywhere yet, but I've had this, this sort of sense that it, they actually could grow in number. Right. Um, and I thought, you know, let me just go home and start blogging. That was really the fastest way for me to be on the internet. Right. Um, and I had registered a blog called Decorate eight months earlier in May 05, but I didn't write on it because I didn't have time. But after hearing her say that, I went home immediately, opened my blogger account, looked at my little dusty blog, and I just started writing, and I haven't stopped writing since. So It's incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. And so did you go through the first thing where um, you checked your stats and you went, oh, wait, two people read, 10 people read? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane <laughs> because you, you see these little numbers. Like I first had 15 people and I was so happy. Right. And they were, they were commenting. So I was making friends. And then I felt like, okay, this is worth sticking around because I have 15 friends right. you know, that actually read the blog. Right. And then it just turned into 46,000. So. <laughs> Yeah, which is, which is insane. I love that. And then it just got yeah. bigger. Yeah, then it just sort of grew. And then it grew. Now, did you notice it to grow? Uh, was it like very slow and then boop overnight something happened? Because that can happen. Something, you know, goes viral. I mean, I know like you know that something will happen and all of a sudden you'll get a lot more hits than normal. Did you experience something like that or was it yeah, sl- in yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I did have um, apartment therapy in Los Angeles. Right. The writer out there, he wrote a little blurb that said there's a new blog in town and it's Decorate and it's in Boston, blah, 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 and that was it. And I got, you know, maybe like 1,200 people came over over the course of a month. Right. And that was a boost. But back then, you see, it was so different than now. I mean, something now has the potential to go viral. Back then, we didn't even have that expression. Right, right. I mean, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Facebook. Right. Maybe maybe there was Facebook, but we weren't accessing it. It was just, it was absolutely a different world. So nowadays, you can put something up and become an overnight success. But back then, it really did take blood, sweat, and tears and putting your time in to get your name out there and to get established. I mean, it took me a good year before I started to really see the numbers picking up. And it was just all about being consistent and building that loyalty with, with my online friends. And you would really say consistency. You would say consistent. Yes. Okay. Yes. Consistency and being myself, you know, right. not putting, Your voice. putting on an act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it was great fun finding you on Twitter. I mean, Twitter is a fun it's just sort of amazing how it's brought us all close together. There I was on the couch with my iPad seeing your book and then saw you pop up on Twitter and there we were talking in two seconds about getting together. So it's an amazing mm-hmm. tool for all of us to have. Absolutely. It's just... I know. I'm so happy I met wonderful you. You have yeah. such a great site and Thank tons you. of people. Yeah. Well, you know, crafting crafting people, we're a whole nother breed and there's a, definitely a crossover because certainly the whole decorating world, I mean, you're sort of in it or you're not. Now, let's talk a little bit about that at this point because um, it used to be one of my favorite things to uh, mm-hmm. be involved in. And then you sort of get all your stuff and you get settled in and so you're not... You're not feathering your nest as much. Uh, but what are some of the, where, what's going on right now? What do you think is like the, the, I don't want the trend or the look. What's most popular right now? I mean, I spend time with my son, who's 20-something, so I have an idea yeah. from him. But what's, what's going on in the world right now with that? 
Well, I think that the big trend really is personalization. I think people are getting less interested, becoming less interested in um, rules and more mm -hmm. interested in following their own gut instincts. But then it always happens that people have to go back to some of the rules, right? Because, you know, in order to do anything, you kind of need some guidelines, but then you can, you can then go in and do your own thing. So, I mean, as far as trends are concerned, I honestly am not really, uh, I know what trends are happening and I usually can predict trends, right. but I try not to encourage people to follow a specific trend, but instead to look at the trend that is out there and see if there's any piece of it that may fit into your lifestyle and aesthetic, and if it fits, use it, and if not, don't bother. Like, in other words, I want to create a new trend in thinking by saying this, a trend that says, hey, we know the great marketing minds of the world are out there telling us what we should like right now, mm -hmm. but let us individually decide what we truly like about it and look at it and decide, you know, what really can I pull out of this trend that I can apply in my own life? And if you can't apply anything or use it, then don't. Just wait and, and do your own thing. Yeah. I think I want to see more and more people looking less to trends for direction and more to themselves for direction. Because I personally think that when it comes to decorating, you have a lot of people who seem to be interested in nesting and layering and, and considered displays and a more casual approach to decorating while they're still adhering to certain design rules because certain things do require a forethought, you know, like a most casual room that you see still has some thought that went into it. Right. So, yeah. So I always say you yeah. have to know the rules so you can break them. You yeah. know, it's sort of, uh, yeah, it's, well, you also, which, which we'll talk about the book in a second. It's the eclectic part that I adore my favorite type of thing. And that, I think, I don't know, do you think that's the hardest to teach people or get them to understand? Well, I think so, because most of the time when you visit stores, stores have themes, you know, they have a certain look, a certain aesthetic, and I mean, most of the stores out there anyway, so people kind of fall into this catalog shopping, where they just sort of buy everything from one store, they right. think that's the way it should look, right. and it, it really isn't, but I think they do that because not only do they feel a little bit insecure about making decisions for themselves, but because it's just easy, it's a one, you know, they can just go out and get it all in one day, why not? But I think that, you know, the whole idea about designing your home now has changed. It's less about, I think it should be at least, less about impressing your neighbors and more about impressing and making your own life richer. I mean, you know, like in my book, with Decorate, we highlight specific trends in decorating, like floral style, vintage, mm -hmm. modern. Mm -hmm. But we say, okay, here are the trends. This is what you can learn from each of the trends. This is what you can take away mm -hmm. to now apply your, your own look. And that's kind of what I, I do when I look at the various styles out there. I pick and choose and then bring things together in a way that works for me personally. So that's what I believe in. I agree. It is lovely, but not everyone was um, moving their parents' furniture around at six years old and practicing yeah, all those fair. hours. <laughs> Are my, things still... <laughs> What did you say? My mother was always so worried that I'd grow up and have this terrible hunchback. You know, like I'd have this back problem. From carrying and moving things around and working yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Now, are you yeah. still moving things in your home on a regular basis? Yes. So yes, your, your environment's constantly changing. Well, not so much. I mean, you know, it's interesting because here in Germany, we don't have closets. 
um, our rooms are just rooms. There's no closet space designated in rooms. Hmm. So you have to put wardrobes in. So you have to buy freestanding units um, where you put your clothes and where you store your linens and all that. So when you're buying large pieces, a lot of them you have to you know, actually screw into the wall or they're very heavy. So you're, you can't move things as freely and, you know, with, with these large things around. So I tend to move more artwork and sofas and stuff. Right, exactly. Well, now, what would be, you just said that major piece, what would be your best advice for someone? Because there's that committing, I I always love the one about um, buying the sofa. I watched my son go through that. Do you have good Mm -hmm. advice for people when they're committing to that big piece? Yeah, I think with a big piece, I mean, the best thing to do really is to, to think about, you know, what you really want that piece to accomplish like is it a showpiece is it a place where you're going to like if it's a sofa for instance yeah where is the sofa is the sofa in a room that's going to you know have to go through a lot of wear and tear or is it in a room that's basically just your showroom it's maybe your sitting area Mm -hmm. so you have to kind of think about the function that that piece will play and then you have to think about the investment like how much money do you really have to spend on that sofa I mean is it really worth it and you have to think about too like I Normally with sofas, I tend to just advise people to decorate the sofa with patterned cushions instead of actually buying patterned sofas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a small, you know, a tweed or a check or something, that's fine. But, you know, the large floral crazy pattern mm-hmm. sofa that you like today may be the one that gives you nightmares tomorrow. So, right. <laughs> And if you spent five grand on it, right. you don't necessarily, I mean, it is very expensive to reupholster a sofa. Right. So I would advise get a neutral or, you know, a more... Um, a sofa that's easy to work into any decor and then buy a really crazy over-the-top chair in a wild pattern right. or something, you know, that's half the price or even just recover or, or reupholster um, chair seats right. um, in a crazy pattern. But I try to bring in pattern through ways that won't break the bank. Right. Are you a yeah. big believer in color on the wall or do you like that neutral too? The actual um, paint. Oh, no. No, no, no. I like color. I don't use it in my home because it, it kind of makes me feel a little distracted. Right. Um, I like neutrals around me, but right. for for other people, yeah, color is fabulous, especially that nice warm grays right now. There's just beautiful colors out there. Oh, I know. I mm. love all that kind of stuff. Now, are and you... although some people would argue that gray isn't a color, but... <laughs> It's all color. It's all color. Now, are you a big um, going to the, um, I don't know what they're probably called in Germany, but over here, you know, all the tag sales, garage sales, flea Mm -hmm. markets and all of that. Are you a big Mm -hmm. fan of going there to find treasures? Yes, every Saturday morning. (laughs) What's what's one of your latest treasures you found that you went Yahoo? Oh, God. Um, Well, I found a bunch of old crystals from a chandelier that Mm. I love. And I actually haven't used them for anything that special yet. They're just in my cabinet on display. But um, I found those a few weeks ago, and they're gorgeous. They're chunky, big crystals. And I thought they'd be really pretty to decorate a table with, a table setting, or Mm. suspend, you know, like different layers, just suspending them on string or on ribbon in front of a window, or just something simple. But they're beautiful. The way they catch the light is so nice. Oh, love it. And they were cheap. I, I always think it's so much fun. It's, I love going through other people's stuff. Oh, you know, I just, I, how could I forget this? This morning I was out in a junk shop because I'm styling a shoot for um, 
a magazine and I was at a junk shop and I was specifically there to find old um, cutlery and I found uh, forks, knives and spoons, beautiful patina, silver, gorgeous. Some of them had initials and mm. certain, just gorgeous, really old German stuff. And I said to the lady, how much are these? Oh, they're, they're 25 cents each. Mm. So I brought home tons of stuff for five bucks. I was so happy. So that was a score. And I think Germany is the best country for this stuff because people over here don't really seem to know what they have yet. <laughs> so it's fun. Oh, there's nothing yeah. better than that. I love that. No. Mm -mm. You know, you know, one of the, my favorite photographs in your book, so we'll talk about your book, was on, it's on page 78. And it's just, it's a huge, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten of the old industrial cabinet drawers in that wonderful metallic khaki gray. Um, and, and it's against just a simple little blue chair with a simple sort of slip cover over it next to the window. And mm -hmm. it's so... You know, and the picture frames don't have pictures. It just appeals to every bit of my aesthetic there, that whole thing. And what a wonderful mix because it's old industrial office furniture made cozy. It's very I'm glad appealing. You liked it. I Thank stared you. at that one many much, uh, many times. I really, really liked it. Now, what wow. were you hoping to, um, what do you hope people walk away with after they look through your book? Inspiration and feeling like it's attainable, feeling like, Decorating is something that they can do and not being intimidated by the process and just having fun with it. Isn't that key? It's the fun instead of being intimidated that you'll get it wrong. Mm, mm, it's so true. I mean, if you overthink it, overanalyze, you get analysis paralysis and then you, you can't do anything. And so I think like with this book, you actually could read it and walk away feeling Motivated. Liberated. I think liberated. Instead of depressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, liberate. You know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I can put those things together, too. That looks exactly. great here. Do you believe in if you love it, get it, it'll all go together eventually? Oh, what was that again? Do you believe in trying to say uh, of using the... Um, using the idea of if you love it, so per if you love it, purchase it, everything will go together eventually as long as you love everything. No, I don't believe in that. You don't? Okay. <laughs> I believe that, no, I mean, you do have to like, you do have to love everything, of course, but I don't think necessarily that everything a person loves is going gonna to go, go together. together. No, you do have to have, have some type of an idea of what you're going to do in a room. Okay. Um, you know, maybe you're working off of a color palette, so you're buying things within that palette or Great whatever. Idea. You need to have some type of a, a jumping off point and something to work from or else it can be, it can quickly go, go Hodgepodge. Yeah, yeah, quickly go downhill. Yeah. yeah. I also love, I'm looking at another picture that I've looked at many times, and it's a chair. It's in your, it's in your flea market style um, chapter and the chair is half un if, you, if there is a word unupholstered half upholstered half applique and it's become sort of a piece of artwork in itself how it was put together oh, and it's amazing. it's crazy amazing and that's so um what's the word when they deconstruct it it's like a deconstructed chair yeah and yet it um, looks so cozy and wonderful mm. Yeah, you wouldn't believe that. That's actually in the roof, um, the, the attic uh, loft space of my friend who lives in London. Her name's Sanya Pell, and she's a stylist, and she is amazing. She does all these crazy things to everything, really. She's very talented. 
And that is just sitting in her guest bedroom slash craft loft. And um, the chair is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. fearless. Just abandoned to just do something that was um, interesting. And it sure is beautiful. And don't you feel really good when you see it? It's almost yes. like you think, hey, I can do this. Or, hey, you know, this is this kind of looks like my chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it would not be off okay. <laughs> yes. Well, so many of the things also, which I love, want to, you want to stay in the room, which is great, as opposed to, I shouldn't go in there. It's too perfect. You just want to go mm -hmm. in and hang out. Yeah. No plastic on the seats and decorate. No, of course. No. No, 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 no. Well, what's on your, um, I know we're going to talk about your, your uh, tour in one second, but what's on your, what's in your sight right now of things that have caught your passion and eye if you see it? Like, is there something that's right you know, catching your interest these days, something you're collecting that you all of a sudden love now that you didn't know about last week? Yeah, I mean, I think what's really caught my eye and my passion recently is is really looking at things differently than I've ever looked at things before. Mm. I'm really trying to challenge myself right now. I've always taken, I guess you can say, pride in doing things in a, a way that feels very close to who I am mm -hmm. because I always want my work and my voice to be identified you know, I, w I want it to be something that people hear it or see it and think of me, of course. You know, right. you don't want your work to be something someone looks at and says, oh, that looks just like so-and-so. Exactly. For me, it's like more than ever before, especially because there's just so much duplication on the web. I really want to challenge myself more and more to focus on a few things, more than 10 things. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I want to be a much, much smarter when it comes to projects I accept. I want to work on things that... I can really work on from my heart and I don't want to spread myself so thin. So mm -hmm. I guess, you know, for me, what's really caught my eye is just, again, it's looking at how I can do things differently and how I can do things better and how I can back up and focus more on work that, that really makes me happy and passionate. So I'm ready for the next step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. It's great when you can walk away from something and go, that looks perfect. I love it. I can leave now. Mm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and you really have to challenge yourself because it's so easy to get, you know, you write a book, it does really well, you, you feel proud of yourself, your feathers are ruffled. Yeah. And then you just, then you just sort of forget, you know, okay, well, what's next? Exactly. Really about it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's exactly where you're at. Well, also, let's talk just a little bit also about how much time you put into your blog, just for people who are other bloggers, just give them a little rundown about um, what that is um, timing wise in your life. Okay, selling your soul. No, just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Working day and night. It's the truth. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, exactly. it's on my mind all the time. And I think, it, you know, I think it's really funny when you, sometimes you hear interviews with bloggers and they say, oh, you know, how much time do you spend on your blog? And they're like, they act sort of like it's 30 minutes a day. And I think if anyone's doing a blog where they're putting content out every single day, it's their life. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. because yes. it's not, it's not just the time that it takes, like for you personally, Allison, it's not for the time that it takes for you to produce this show, but it's the research it's the yes. all the the billing and the paperwork it is administrative and the emails yeah. and yeah. right I oh. mean it's insane you know and then when you're on the internet I mean it's like you sort of just opened your front door and yelled out to the whole neighborhood block party because everyone will run you know so right it's exactly what it's like on the web the minute you put yourself out there and you tell everyone hey I'm here then you're going to attract that 
and that usually means increased emails and everything else. And so, yeah, it's it takes a great deal of time. But if you love it and what you're doing, it, it doesn't really matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. No, especially if you can make it into a business. I mean, I think if you already have a full-time profession, it's hard. Yes. Um, so for people who are blogging in conjunction with their full-time business, I think they just really need to be scheduled and, and say, okay, I'm going to do two hours a week on my blog right. and cap it. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point and a good um, distinction to make is when you switch mm -hmm. it over to business, it's part of it. And if you do love what you're doing, I don't know about you, but do you walk around with mobile devices so that you can check things fairly? Oh, on yeah, it? I have oh, my yeah. iPhone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also <laughs> shut it off. Like, I, I'm not scared to go into the forest and take a walk for an hour and just shut it off. And rejuvenate. Um, yeah, because I know that, you know, if anyone who's listening could probably even shake your head up and down say totally um, um, yeah. I think that when you unplug you really become your most creative self when I agree. you're online and you're just saturated 24-7 you really can't tap in nope no you need that balance to that extreme I agree well let's mm -hmm. tell everyone how they can see you let's talk about your book tour your book is wonderful you just said to me before we started recording it's like even on back order at places at this point which it should be it's fabulous congratulations thank you it yeah, is. it was a Wall Street Journal bestseller, number two. <gasps> Double congratulations. I just yeah. got goosebumps. That's really, yeah. I mean, that's great. But I've got to tell you, when I opened it up, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So I'm. Well, thank you, because I did not expect what is happening. And I'm really, I have to thank, number one, um, everyone who's been reading the blog and who supported this, because that's really, in the end, what makes, I think, a book successful is, the readers, right? I mean, Correct. Those are really the people that you need to thank. So. Correct. And now people in yeah. publishing, they know they want people who have big, you know, online presence to do the books because it's a built-in audience right away. Yeah, it's true. Though some some of them still think that you know that's really not the case. They don't think that the it can translate well into sales. I mean, that's actually what I've been told several times. But I think if you're writing a blog and your book is very close to your blog in the sense that your voice stays the same, yeah, that people are interested in buying it. Yeah. Um, but if it's very different, I think that's when it actually can cannot work. So. Hmm. Yeah, well, you did it. You did it. So now let's let's give some dates. Okay. What are your yeah. um, tour dates? You're coming to United States and going to be no. where first? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's just so funny when you say, what are your tour dates? Where can people meet you? Because it's just, it's amazing to think that I'm going on a book tour. Oh, well, then let me say it again. So, Ms. Holly Becker, where can we expect to meet you on your tour dates? Well, on Saturday, August 20th, mm. <laughs> yeah, um, Saturday, August 20th, I'll be in Boston, um, and I'll be at Anthropology on Boylston Street, and then on Tuesday, August 23rd, I'll be in Chicago. Um, I'll be at Anthropology there, but I'm not sure which store. Okay. On Thursday, August 25th, again at Anthropology in San Francisco. On Friday, August 26th, at the Anthropology in Beverly Hills in Los Angeles. Um, on Monday, August 29th, Philadelphia, again, Anthropology. And on Tuesday, August 30th, Anthropology in Soho in New York City. And then I'm flying back to the state, um, back from the States to Germany. Um, but after this call, in a few weeks, I'll actually be in Amsterdam doing a mainland Europe launch. 
I did one already in London in April. Wow. Now we're doing another one in Amsterdam on June 25th in a big Meet the Blogger event. So people can come and meet different bloggers. We have 120 bloggers coming now. Wow. And where is that event? It's um, at Hotel V in Amsterdam. Wow, And um, Yeah, it's going to be great. We have goodie bags for everyone who's coming. We have some great sponsors in the Netherlands, like VT Wonen. It's a huge, amazing magazine. Um, Yeah, it's going to be really nice. And then I'm doing a book signing at the American Book Center that same day. And then I do the U.S. tour, and then when I come back, I'll be doing um, a book. Will be published in German, so it'll be uh, there'll be a book launch in September in Germany, four or five cities, and then it'll be published in France in French, and I'll probably go to Paris. So. And then you'll need to take a break for at least a week. Oh, rest oh, up. Oh, oh. no, no, no. I, there's one more. I'm Uh-oh. also a keynote speaker at the Creative Connection in St. Louis. Which is this, I don't know if you're going, but you totally should because there's going to be tons of women there. And I'm giving a keynote alongside Christine Farrar from Oprah's own network. So should be really nice. I did have information on that. I'll put all this information also up on the blog so everyone can get your site and the links and all that because I know people don't walk around with their paper and pencil doing this. Well, that is so exciting. Yay. Well, I I will definitely come check, um, say hello and check out everything in New York when you're in New York. Good. It'd be lovely. It would lovely meet you. And um, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Thanks, Allison. It was such a pleasure. I know. You too. You're a sweetheart. I really am so grateful you gave me this time to be in front of your big audience. Oh, so thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll keep being uh, inspired by your book as I walk around and move things around in my studio. So there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Take Great. care. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that chit-chat I had with Ms. Holly Becker. Make sure and check out her book, Decorate. Uh, I think it is. Well, maybe by the time you hear this, it won't be back order because it made the bestseller list. But uh, check it out on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, as well as today's musical guest was Ms. Jill Stevenson. You can find her at the site under the same name.com. Or you can come on over to www.craftcast.com where I have all the links right there for you for the show. So you can just click your way through. And I'd like to close with just uh, another quote I, uh, I heard from uh, Ms. Oprah Winfrey. You know, she ended her show. And uh, I'm a big fan, if you don't know that already. Uh, there's so many quotes I could go on forever, but this is one that just hits me right. And she said uh, on her, one of her closing shows, I think on the final one, she said this, when you know better, you do better. So there you go. And as I say, learn something new every day. Dang it all. Learn something new every day. So uh, send me an email. Let me know what's going on, If you're, uh, what you're up to making, what you're doing creatively. Love to see pictures of all the things that you make. And you can send me an email at allison at craftcast.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail at 877-819-1859. You'll find all that info again on the craftcast.com site. And until we meet again, I would just like to close with get your butt in a chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself.